getting ready for tonight, I bounced around between a few things and I wanted to open with just kind of talking about this before I get into what I really feel like I'm supposed to talk about tonight. And uh, it actually started when I went to go pick up Dr. Myers and we were heading over to um, a staff retreat. Uh, and uh, when looking through and talking about the gifts of the spirit and those things, we begin to talk about it on our way over there. And um, just felt a witness of the Holy Ghost move into the car, actually. And when we were uh, driving over there, and I said, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We could just sit right here and talk about what we're talking about, and I think I would be happy. And uh, I went home and just began to study on the gifts of the Spirit, and you begin to look at it in 1 Corinthians 12, and you begin to see all that the Lord is talking about. But if you reverse before that, and you look at it in verse uh, chapter 11 and chapter 10, and you see the, the background, and then you get to where you're going uh, with the gifts of the Spirit. And as the Lord begins to inspire Paul to write, and he begins to talk about everything that would flow through the gifts of the Spirit, he begins to talk about how unity is extremely important for the gifts to flow. And uh, that's something that we are battling right now, not just uh, in the world, but it's the Spirit trying to get in the church of disunity. Uh, but something really caught my eye, and it was after he got done writing about the gifts of the Spirit, Paul begins to talk about how, you know, I can speak in tongues. He begins to talk about how he is gifted with the gift of prophecy and he has all these things. He said, but it's as tingling brass, I believe is what he said, lest I have charity. And that word charity, there's the Greek for agape or love, endless love. And um, the Lord really, really started dealing with me about something and I just wanted to say it before we get into what I really feel like I'm supposed to be speaking on tonight and it all tie in together and that is this that um, I'm thankful for the gifts of the spirit um, we've got to have the gifts of the spirit I believe in tongue and interpretation I believe in the gifts of healing I believe in all of the things that happen but Paul said something that was so true in all of that and that is first it has to be grounded in love it has to start from a heart that says I love you more than anything else and I, we begin to talk and we talked about this and he and Jesus was actually moved with compassion and did more miracles in the Bible out of love than he did out of anything else. I'm convinced that if we can get a heart of love in the 21st century church, in this church that we are living in right now, that our faith will meet the amount of love, even if we are low in faith for the moment, but we have such love for our neighbor that we physically hurt for their ailment. We physically hurt for what they're going through. I am convinced that our faith or the gift that is needed at that moment will find its way into action because our hearts are being moved with compassion. He said, what good is you to feed the poor? What good are you doing these things if it doesn't come from a place of love? So before we get into the word of the Lord here tonight, I want us to lift our hands and I want us to pray that we would be baptized with a true feeling of that agape, that love that can only come from the Lord, that real love. Lord, baptize me with love, God. Baptize me with that real love, God. 
help me to love my neighbor more than I love myself. Lord, you said that there is faith and that there is hope and that there is love. And the greatest of these, God, is love, Lord. You said that the sign of being your disciple is that we would have love one toward another, God. I pray right now, Lord, that in my heart, individually, Lord, that love would abound, God. Lord, that I would show love toward my neighbor, love toward my brother, God. Let there be an atmosphere of love baptize us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands and would you just rejoice for a moment? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Love. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 5. The book of Joshua chapter 5, verse number 9. While you're turning there, of course, I want to give honor to Pastor Myers and Sister Myers and, of course, to Bishop and Dr. Myers, um, some of the greatest leadership in all the world. Amen. 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 I'm glad to have my little brother here in service with me tonight. Now, I'm calling him my little brother, but he's not so little. <clears throat> he's about as big as I am now, so, um, but I am thankful to have my little brother here with me. Uh, he is a walking testimony of the power of God, and uh, I'm thankful to have him here in this service with me tonight. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 9. If you want to stand for the reading of the word, it's up to you. Uh, but we just want to get into the word of the Lord. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you, wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. Somebody say, in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes, and of the parched corn on the selfsame day, and the manna seized on the morrow. And they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan. Somebody say that year. The manna seized, and they began to eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. For the next few moments, I want to try to, I'm going to do my best to slow down because I know it's Wednesday night and, and teach to y'all on this subject in the plains of Jericho. Uh, and I just want to talk to you about what I really feel like the Lord has put on my heart. And I feel like he's given me a word here tonight. Uh, so if we could just lift our hands one more time and ask that God would have his will and his way in this service here tonight. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people. God, speak through me. God, use me for the glory of your kingdom, Jesus. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this service, Lord. Anoint me as your vessel from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, God. Anoint the ears of your listeners so that your word can go forth and produce fruit in the kingdom, God. We ask it all in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. Let everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. High five or air high five your neighbor and say, I love you. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. You know, um, this, this statement that I'm about to make will probably um, fall to the ground because of the year that we have had. It may not seem too true because the land of Canaan 
is the land of promise and the land of plenty and the land of all that God promised the children of Israel. But I felt very prompted in the opening statements of uh, this message tonight to just kind of say this, that we need to realize that we have entered into the land of Canaan. That we really are, yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, there's a lot of bad things going on outside of the four walls of the church. But church, we are in the land of the promises of God. We are in the land of the promises of God. After nearly 40 years of wandering... The Bible says that they finally, under the rule and reign now of Joshua, have marched into their promised land. And they are now in the plains of Jericho. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day, I want you to think about this, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Wherefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal. That word Gilgal means perpetual. It's actually like a wheel. It means forever turning. He says, we're going to call this name Gilgal. He said that we have rolled the reproach of Egypt off of you. It's a perpetual freedom from Egypt when you begin to walk in the promises of God. When you step out of your wandering and into the place that God has intended for you to step into, that is when the full reproach of the enemy has been taken off of your life. Not just when you are baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost because you can get filled with the Spirit baptized in his name, repent of your sins, and go right back to living a life of sin. As a matter of fact, I have taught many Bible studies where I have gotten so frustrated because it's like, how could this get more plain? But nevertheless, the Bible makes it very clear, even in Joshua, that when they went into their promises and they begin to fulfill what God intended for them to fulfill in their life, that is when God says, now the reproach of Egypt is rolled off of you. If you are a new convert here tonight, I want to say this declaration and I want to make it very clear. The best thing you can do for your walk with God is get plugged into the church. And I'm not just talking about this local assembly. I mean the body of Christ. Let's get plugged in, Brother Myers. Let's figure out where we can serve, Bishop. Let's figure out how we can help Pastor Myers. Let's figure out how we can help the greeting team or the usher staff. Let's figure out how we can get a part of walking in the promises of God that are for us. And the only way you can do that is to walk into your destiny. You cannot continually wonder 
as the children of Israel were and walk in promises at the same time. That's why Paul said a double-minded man is unstable because when you're trying to do two things, you can't do it successfully. We need to walk forward into what God has intended for us to walk to even right now in the middle of a pandemic and realize he is calling us into promises. He is calling us into destinies that are for our life. And the Bible says that when you begin to walk in the promises of God, when you begin to do the things that God intends for you to do, he said here that it would be a continual thing. It would be something that is continually broken. You will walk into this place and you will be continually freed from those things that are binding you. I heard an old saying, it is easy to live for God hard, but it is hard to live for God easy. The best decision that you can make for your walk with God is to be sold out to the calling that is the name of Jesus to be sold out to the things of God to be sold does anybody believe what I'm saying for a moment it's hard to live for God easy, but man, it's easy to live for God hard. When I give him everything I got, I don't battle those temptations as hard as I do when I put the brakes on or when I put it into a lower gear. But when I give it everything I have, I understand it's a lot easier to live for God then. Amen. And when you walk into this place of newness, when you walk into this place is when you begin to realize the perpetual freedom that you have in living for God. When you wake up every day and you get that daily bread. When you wake up every day and you get that fresh manna. You get those fresh things from God. But it wasn't until they crossed into those land of promises that they got to experience those things from God. When you aren't walking in your calling and fulfilling the calling that is upon your life, that is why you feel like you are in a state of wondering. Because you are wandering in a wilderness if you're not walking in a promise. If you are not walking in what God has intended for you to walk in, then you are wandering around in a desert, and that's why you are battling the things that you're battling and going through the things that you're going through because it's hard to live for God easy, but, man, it's easy to live for God hard. Amen. Amen. The Bible goes further into this text in verse number 11, and we begin to see that they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, the unleavened cakes and the parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna seized on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan. Somebody say this with me one more time. That year. So something jumped out at me as I was studying this and I began to look and I began to realize something. I always thought that they crossed into Jordan and immediately tackled Jericho. But if what I read is correct, the Bible said they ate of the fruit of the land that year. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment. That year, they ate of the fruit of the land. 365 days, they ate of the fruit of the land. 
So this is what I felt like maybe what God is trying to show us tonight. That when you cross over into your promise, that we have been a people that have grown accustomed to this. The manna falling from heaven and us reaching out from our tent and grabbing it and pulling it in as the children of Israel had. They had gotten so accustomed in that time from the manna falling and the quail falling. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to do anything for it. They just reached out there and grabbed it, pulled it into the tent, got what they needed, ate until they were full, and then they were done. But when they crossed into their promised land, the moment they begin to taste of the promises of God, God seized it raining down from heaven. And it was that step into maturity. Now you no longer wait for it to come down. You walk to the vine and you go get it. So could it be that this year that we deemed a year of prophetic provision? Could it be that this year, a year that we deemed a year of apostolic vision, where we're going to see 2020 clear as we've ever saw? God said, you are going to see as you have, as clear as you have ever seen. But let me just kind of shift some things for you. You have grown accustomed to it falling, you reaching out and grabbing it. Now as the body of Christ, I want want you to change your mindset on how you receive some things it's time for some of us to mature in Christ walk up to the vine and say this is my grape this is my corn this is my barley this is the promises of God that he has for me Could it be that in this season that we are in that God has a mighty revival like we have never seen and we have been experiencing it. We have been seeing people baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. People baptized in Jesus' name. Many miracles have taken place in this altar and through these cameras. Could it be that God is trying to show the church it's not so much of send it on down, send it on down. It's more now that the body of Christ, you and I, the core, we have to get used to this now. I'm going to go to the vine, and I'm going to get what I need from God, and then I'm going to take it back and give to those that have need. God's trying to transition us in this season from being looking up, waiting for it to come down, to now saying, I'm in my promised land. Maybe it didn't look exactly like I thought it was going to look because there's a big old wall of Jericho. But guess what? I've got fruit on the vine. I've got corn on the vine. I've got everything I need. I'm walking in the blessings and promises of God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. And if you would testify tonight, you would say in the middle of this pandemic, you have probably been more blessed than ever. You have seen greater things in your walk with God than ever. You've seen an increase in your prayer life. You've seen an increase in your walk with God. Why? Because we're getting it for us. We're getting it for you and I. This is my walk with God. This is your walk with God. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody rejoice for just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.
the manna seized and they ate of the fruit of the land that year. Hebrews 11.30 says, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. So we know the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. And, and if what I'm reading is correct, that year in the plains of Jericho, they just make a little bread, dip it in the honey, and they take a bite of it, and they look at the walls and say, hmm, don't seem too big for my God. And then the next day, they'd go out there and they grab a grate, and they'd pop it in their mouth and say, man, them walls don't look too big for my God. It was almost as if God was trying to change the mindset of the people in that season and in that space of time. That no longer are you just going to reach out and grab it and then put it back in the tent. But now you're going to have to learn how to grind some things out for yourself. It's not that the, that, that, that the provision seized, if anything, it could have increased because they could have had as many as they wanted or as much as they wanted. All they had to do was be willing to go to the vine to get it. And I begin to think about things. Oh my gosh, we've never had the gospel preached as much as we're having it preached right now. Everybody in their mother has got a devotion online and they're preaching Acts 2.38 at a, at a rate and at an increase like we have never seen on Facebook, on Instagram, on social media. We're seeing all these things produced online. You know, maybe what's happening is God's people are saying the blessings of God are still yea and they are still a man in him the promises dwell in him everything is still there I'm just going to go to the vine I'm going to get what I need because God never stopped supplying in this season God never left us out to dry in this season God never left us begging for bread in this season we have seen many I'm going to say it again receive the Holy Ghost we have seen many I'm going to say it again get baptized in Jesus name what are you talking about I'm talking about in a season maybe when the perspective was still it should come down it was still happening had we have just looked a little differently we had to change the perspective of how the blessings of God were coming now it never ceased it never stopped brother Myers we have, I, I, I just feel like keep echoing this. We have seen so many receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People are so hungry. Just a few days ago, I was mailing some ties out because I love neckties. And I, I sold a few to some preacher friends of mine that, that wanted some neckties. So I was in the UPS store, and, and he may be here. If he is, I don't see him. Nathan, if you're here... Welcome, buddy. I don't know if you're here or not, but, and we begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord in the UPS store. And I said, hey, what would you think about me starting a Bible study in this area? He said, I'll tell you what I think about it. I've got a friend, and him and I have both been saying if we could get somebody to start a Bible study around here, we would sure love to support it. East Wind Pentecostal Church is wherever you are. Wherever your feet are going, that's your land, Abraham. Walk in the covenant of a believer. When you're in Publix, have church. When you're in UPS, have church. When you're in the mall, have church. 
I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. We just got to change the perspective of where we're gleaning our blessings from. They're still here. Just get out in the harvest field, baby. It's white and it's ripe and it's ready. Those disciples couldn't see it, Brother Scott. Jesus was saying, how do you not see it? I'll tell you what the issue is. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I wish I had a, an army of laborers that could rise up. And we just started having church everywhere we went. Seven days a week. This building couldn't contain the amount of souls that would need to be baptized. So your bathtub or your pool or your jacuzzi would have to become their baptismal tank. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about apostolic revival. We've got to have it. We're connected to the man of God. We're connected to the body of Christ. Let's go have revival. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. For one year, they ate the fruit. And then one day, Joshua was just walking around. All of a sudden, an angel shows up. He says, Joshua, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. If I didn't hate my feet, I'd take my shoes off to illustrate this so much. I told somebody I hate feet so much, I wouldn't keep mine if I didn't need them to walk on them. <laughs> so he kicks his shoes off. He's standing on that holy ground and he gets the blueprint on how it's going to take for them to do what they need to do. Imagine what would happen if we could just start perceiving the angels that are just ready to give us blueprints to take cities for revival. I felt the Holy Ghost in what I just said. Imagine what would happen. We just got to quit looking up for it. When's it going to happen, Lord? And realize the field is white and it's ripe and it's ready for harvest right now. So he does what he was supposed to do and he gets what he's supposed to get. And as you all know, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down and children of Israel come walking in and they get all the promises that they're supposed to get. And that is where I feel, Brother Myers, that we are at. Every promise we need, Elder, it's here. Everything we need, Colton, it's here. Everything we need, church, it's here. We are such a rich people to have the teaching and the preaching that we get on a regular basis. Other churches are looking to this church to have church on their off nights. The blessings and the provision and the favor of God. We are in Canaan. Quit waiting to possess a land that you're already in. And realign your perspective to realize Everything you need is in front of you and around you and surrounding you. Just start going to the vine and get what's yours. 
You could have the biggest church in your neighborhood, in your home, from house to house. We could do it. If you're here tonight and you have never experienced the baptism of Jesus' name, let me tell you something. I feel the nudging of the Holy Ghost to say this right now. It is the most beautiful experience you'll ever have. And you won't find anywhere in the Bible anybody being baptized any other way than in the name of Jesus. And if you want me to show you after church, I'd love to sit down and show you all the ways that they tell us we're supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name. And if you're here tonight and you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, goes with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue it is the only way to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that's why when John was writing about being born he said you must be born of God that's why Nicodemus said you must be born again of water and of spirit that's what John told Nicodemus because this is where we're at in our times this is what we're living in and guess what if you're tired of what you're going through out there and everything that's going wrong in this world there's only one way to get through it and that's the Holy Ghost. It's your ticket out of here, baby. It'll get you on streets of gold, looking at walls of Jasper, meeting Jesus Christ in the city where the Lamb is a light, where there's no more crying, where there's no more pain, where there's no more suffering, where there's no more Republican or Democrat, where there's no more this or there's no more that. There's just Jesus. There's just Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'm dreaming of the day where I hear that trumpet sound and I rise up beyond these old clouds and I get to see my Lord and my Savior. I'm dreaming of the city where the Lamb is the light. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I'm going to heaven, baby, and I'm taking every person I can with me. I'm going to heaven, church, and I'm taking everyone I can take with me there, whether they're in Publix or they're homeless on the side of the street. I got something for you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I know it's Wednesday night, but I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. Would you just rejoice in the Lord for a moment? feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. I don't got another thing more important to say than the visitation of the Holy Ghost that's here right now. If you need a touch from God, you ought to just call on his name. You never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, throw them hands up. Nobody's got to lay hands on you. You'll receive it right where you're at. You need a miracle from God. There's a witness of the Holy Ghost in this room. You don't need me. You got Jesus. He's all you need. He is the all in all. He's the everything to everybody. Would you just lift him up for a moment? Oh, 
Oh, hallelujah. Lord, change our perspective in this house tonight. Lord, change our perspective in this house tonight. Let us see that in the moment of a pandemic, the church has never been in trouble. We've got fields of plenty. We've got harvest fields that have never taken a seed. Lord, let us realize we're a blessed people. We're a blessed people. I'm thankful for all of your goodness and all of your mercy, Jesus. Come on, there's a demonstration of the Spirit here right now. Lobo shatalabaha. Rondo loboho shatalabaha. Riato loboho shataha. Riandalabaha shotaloboho. Those gifts are working because love abounds. Come on, let love abound in this room. Let love abound in this room. Let love abound in this room. Loboho Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a spirit of thanksgiving that was taught just last week, I believe, that is in this room right now. We ought to lift our hands and let that spirit of thanksgiving just rise up in this room. We are rich and increased with goods. God's been good to us. God has blessed us. We've got the harvest in our hands. Just begin to change your perspective in the room. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to read, I want to read one last verse. I feel, I feel very led of the Holy Ghost to read this last verse and then I'm going to set this microphone down and we're going to finish this prayer meeting or you can be dismissed, whatever you need to do. But my very first service here in January, 
the Lord asked me to preach this message, and I titled it A New Thing. I read out of Isaiah 43, and I preached from the book of Isaiah chapter 43. And when I got to verse number 18, this is what I felt the Lord told me to say, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now, when I got to the walls of Jericho, I mean, when I got to when they crossed into Jordan, began to talk about how the reproach was removed from them. That's the for, forget them things that are behind you. Don't even consider the things of old. That reproach has been removed off of you. That reproach has been removed off of you. I, I you know, even in the promised land, there, there were things they had to fight. But you got to realize you're not fighting the same old thing you've always been fighting. And sometimes it's just a good reminder to know that you beat that old thing. And at least we're fighting something kind of new. You know, you punch the same punching bag every time. Sometimes it gets old. But you get a new punching bag, it's kind of fun. It hits a little different. And got to learn some new battle tactics. That's a, that's a good fun, you know. But he said, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Forget about those things that, that happened. Let that thing that, 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 that was, leave it there. You know, he said that he quenched the enemy as toe. That means that he, he quenched it so much that it was just ashes left there. It's like when something gets burned down, there's just ashes left. You don't even know what used to stand there. That's what he did to the enemy when you, when you walked into your promised land. So, so leave it in the past, folks. The only way the past has an invitation into the future is if you let it in the present. So the moment that thing shows up in your mind, when you wake up in the morning, look right at it and say, I left you under the blood, baby. And you just keep on moving forward into your promise. He said, behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? What he was saying is, as kind of a rhetorical question when he said, shall, shall ye not know it? What he was saying is, it's going to be so obvious, there's no way you can't know it. It's kind of like when you run into a pole, there's no way you don't know that you ran into the pole. One time in like seventh grade, I was texting on my phone, and in front of all my friends, it's just, bonk, I hit my, there's no way I could avoid the fact that I hit that thing. That's kind of what he was talking about. That when it springs forth, there is no way you can miss it. That's what God is doing right now. And everything in its power is trying to remove your eyes off the blessings of God. And trying to take your perception off of the plenteous things of God that are in front of you. It's right in front of you. It's right. That's why the man of God taught on, on joy last week and Thanksgiving and in the book that he's writing, the, the bucket full of joy or whatever it is. I, I can't wait because in the middle of a pandemic, we need to be reminded he's here and his blessings are present. And if all of this is doing anything, it's just trying to lie to your perception that the blessings of God aren't present in this moment. But they are, church. I woke up with breath in my lungs this morning. 
When I got out of bed, the first thing I thanked God for, I said, thank you for everything. I said, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for the car that I have to drive, for the gas money I have to put in the tank. We're blessed. Sorry if I'm going long. We've got to be reminded that God's been good to us. Shall ye not know it? You won't know it if you're not intentional about seeing the blessings of God. And this masking of darkness is trying to pull your eyes off of the provision that's laying right in front of you. Shall ye not know it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in a desert. That means when it seems like there shouldn't be a way in a wilderness, there should not be a path cut out for journey. There's still going to be one. And in a desert, which is known for being dry, there's going to be water. That means in a pandemic, people have still been getting the Holy Ghost. That means in a pandemic, people have still been baptized in Jesus' name. That means when the church's doors were closed because of the pandemic, we had more church than we ever had in our lives. I just feel to remind the body of Christ this Wednesday night that we've got to look at all that God has done for us. We are standing in the plains of the promises of God, looking at everything he's going to do. So don't get so caught up at the walls of Jericho that you forget that you're standing in the plains of promises. So one more time, can we just throw our hands up and can we just thank the Lord? Thank you, Jesus, for the new thing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to forget those things that are trying to hold me back. I'm going to forget those things, God, that held me from getting into my promise. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to look towards the hills which cometh my rest, which cometh my strength. I'm going to look towards the blessings and not the bad. I'm going to look towards the good and not the ugly. Lord, you've been too good to me for me to not be grateful. Can we just let a joyful noise and some thanksgiving go up? Come on, that's it. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I could sing when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. My soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. If he never does anything else, 
Thank God for saving me. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's just thank him for his goodnesses and his mercies. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you're dismissed whenever you want to be dismissed. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.